0: Welcome to How Life Changed, a podcast that features stories of real people and how their lives have changed as a result of COVID-19. I'm your host, John Noltner, and I'm glad you could join us. Change is a constant in life, but as a global community, we're now in the midst of unprecedented change as a result of the pandemic, and it's altering our work, home, and community lives in unexpected and profound ways. Each of us will experience this outbreak in our own unique fashion, each of us a single thread woven into the fabric of this historic event. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we'll explore just one of those threads, one person's story, and through that lens, hope to gain some human insight into the bigger picture of what's happening in our world today. This episode of How Life Changed is being recorded on Thursday, May 21st, 2020. Today, I'm talking with Nate Houghton, an entrepreneur in Boston, Massachusetts. Hey, Nate, thanks for taking the time.
1: My pleasure. Thanks, John.
0: Yeah, so I'm kind of curious. You actually reached out to me, a friend of a friend, with a unique perspective about the experience you're having with the pandemic, and I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So, so I was having a, a bit of a Zoom catch up um, a few weeks back with with a friend, and uh, was talking to her a little bit about what my experience has been like. And she knows me quite well and has for a while. So, um, she uh, subsequently, after after my conversation with her, suggested that I reach out to you, um, given the, the the work that you're doing, and listened to some of the episodes, and did some research, and thought it would be great to chat. Um, so the context is, is uh, as you mentioned, I, I work as an entrepreneur, a couple of different ventures of different types um, here in Boston. I also have depression and obsessive compulsive disorder. And I've read a lot, really at least four or five articles I can think of in various publications about how difficult uh, the pandemic and the isolation as a result of the pandemic makes it for people with mental health issues, and, and that is true, <laughs> and, I, and I certainly don't want to discount that, um, but I think that there's another part of the story that's worth telling, at least at least for some people, that that is maybe a little more hopeful, and I, I, I think this could be a good forum for the purposes of having a, a unique take, and um, I guess, so a few caveats first. One is I am able to do all of my work from home, um, so I, I have not lost income, and that's important. Um, I also don't have kids, <laughs> which is a big deal because I, I know a lot of people are unwittingly now school teachers and never signed up to do that. And, uh, and that, that affects people's lives. So all of that is a way of saying that I'm incredibly fortunate in terms of the circumstances that I have around the pandemic. That said, I think that what's occurred to me as I've read about some of these challenges that people have faced is that there are, for, for people like me, my particular mental health issues specifically, there are some advantages to this. And, and actually, I think that we are uh, people with depression, people with OCD, people whose brains are wired a little bit differently, um, might have some advantages in times like this. And, and I think that if there's anyone else listening or who hears this, uh, who who also suffers from these conditions, it, it's, it's a hopeful message to hear, like, actually, we, we do have something of a superpower for for when everything falls apart, I think we're actually pretty well equipped. So, um, so that's the story that I want to tell. Again, with you know, with the appropriate caveats, that I do consider myself to be extremely lucky in the midst of all this. Um, but, but I think there's a lot to reflect on that that I'm grateful for, and some of that actually comes from the very mental illness that that uh, that I'm often you know often think that I suffer from. In this case, has actually been an advantage.
0: Well, that's interesting. So tell me a little bit about how that has manifested itself as, as sort of the new layers of understanding of this experience have unfolded.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot of talk, you know, in certain forums now about about the economic recovery that we're hopefully going to experience here. And I'm sure you've done some reading on the different shapes of the recovery that there might be, right? There's, there's the U shape, there's the Nike swoosh, there's a W. There's the the L, which would mean it never recovers, and hopefully that's not going to be the case. Hope we're not in an L. That's right. And the, and then there's sort of the holy grail of of recovery shapes, which is the V shape, right? So a really deep cut to the economy and a really quick bounce back, and and hopefully acceleration out of that. Um, I think about that as a as a framework to understand my own emotional recovery to to bad things like this, and I think that. Precisely because I suffer from depression, and, and I, you know, I, I think that other people, um, other people who have depression, have this advantage as well. We're predisposed to have a V-shaped recovery. I think it, you know, I, and I found that at the beginning of social isolation and the pandemic and everything falling apart, not knowing what was happening, I certainly felt the same trauma that that all of us did, and the same, I'd say, degree of grief of losing, you know, the normal "quote unquote" normal life that we had become used to. But I found that I was recovering and am recovering much quicker than, than most people. I think that a lot of people are still feeling a little down about things, for sure. And, and that's understandable. It's, 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 you know, very unique circumstance, it's a tremendous challenge. But I, I found that I bounced back to my normal sort of homeostasis much more easily. And what I attribute that to is that the depressed brain... By, you know, by definition is is kind of down a lot of times I, I wake up most mornings and I feel very bad And that's what it's always been since since before I knew what it was um, That hasn't gone away, you know, i'm still depressed, right? So it's not like i'm in in la la land here while everyone else is suffering But I think that being used to having to tread water a little bit harder um, It's it's the old it's the old church uh, Leadership element where it's like if everything's falling apart. You 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 do have an ability if you're used to that to to kind of be in the eye of the storm a little bit. Um, And and again, I I, I want to reiterate that I'm well aware that many elements of my life make this easier on me economically, et cetera, than it might be on other people. But I, I do think that everyone who has this degree of mental illness has you know, there's, it's a double-edged sword in the sense that it does give you the power to recover from these types of traumatic events very quickly. And and I think that's important to note. Um, I think it's, it's actually a very positive element of what is overall a pretty negative condition. So, so I feel good and I, and I, at least as good as I normally do. (laughs) And I have for, you know, the last, we're, we're, we're May 21st, like you mentioned. So probably about, you know, call it eight weeks, two months or so into this, maybe a little more, Um, I'd say two weeks or so into it, I was pretty much moving forward. Um, and there have been a lot of endeavors for me that have really accelerated while other people are still kind of getting their bearings. And, and, um, I've, I've actually found it easier for me to move quicker with comparison to to other people. Um, and, and again, I attribute that to something that usually is, is a bit of a burden um, for me and, and something that's, that's challenging to deal with. So that, that I think is overall the, the takeaway that I've had at
0: least. Well, I think it's interesting, and I think it also speaks to the fact that even people in very similar circumstances or with similar backgrounds can have completely different experiences in yeah. in, in their reaction to this pandemic. You mentioned something in your conversation about all of these articles that you read mm-hmm. uh, that indicated you might, uh, because of your depression, uh, be suffering more than others Uh When you found that resilience, when you found that actually you were equipped, um, was there some sort
1: of validation that you felt in that? The emotional reaction to it was complex. Um, I think that there was a period, maybe for a week or two, when I was actually, I found myself um, emotionally being very angry with the rest of the world because people would describe an emotional state that they were experiencing as a result of the pandemic that I would liken to my day to day and in my and this is I'm not proud of this obviously but my my reaction in my brain was like why are you, what, what do you mean of course of course you feel like that that's <laughs> that's life that's how this is you 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 do feel bad every morning of course you do that's that's what this is and and so i i needed to get to a place and it took me a few days like i mentioned where i could empathize with you know with with more more conventional brained people um, where you know and realize that oh, okay this is actually new for her this is new for him um, and and once I started to frame it that way it was easier for me to think about okay how how can I be helpful to folks who are who are having a really tough time particularly you know, people who aren't used to having a tough time. I'm pretty experienced with having a tough time (laughs) emotionally. It's something I'm very good at at this point, Um, which, which I think, you know, as soon as I framed it that way, it was much easier for me to think about, all right, how can we, you know, in whatever leadership situation I might be in, or even just dealing with my, you know, my, my family um, and my friends and, and, and kind of being there for people, with reference to this idea that, all right, my my expertise in this conversation or my expertise in this situation is that I, I have a lot of experience feeling this way. Um, and and when you when I when I was able to flip that from sort of exasperation with everybody to to actually being empathetic and and saying, okay, well, I you know I do have I do have a way to relate to this, I found that I I, I felt very helpful. I felt much more helpful. Um, I think that with reference to you know, there, there's rightfully so quite a bit of, of article. I even saw like Michael Phelps wrote something on, on ESPN. He has he has similar mental health issues to me, um, and and he was talking about how this is. I think his phrase is, "This is the hardest time he's ever had." Um, and and I get that. I think that makes a lot of sense. I I just think that there's there's another side of the story to tell in addition to that. And to be clear, you know, I, I'm I'm suffering from depression, like I would have been a year ago and like I will be in a year. Um, I think that, you know, there's some argument that some treatment plans are probably interrupted to some extent. I'd say mine have been able to continue more or less unabated, um, over the phone or over zoom. Um, and, and I think that that's, you know, that's important for anybody who's dealing with something like this to maintain, um, you know, doing the things that you do every day, exercise and meditation and, and, and reading and whatever it is that, that helps you get in the right mental state. But again, this is where it becomes more generalizable advice that I would give to anybody dealing with, you know, a pandemic, um, and and dealing with having to stay home. Um, and so, so I think it was, the the key moment was a couple of weeks in when I realized that this put me in a position to be helpful. And that changed my perspective on, on, on really the the whole situation. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm, I'm curious, uh, when you talk about that V-shaped recovery, uh, when you're finding yourself at the lower end of that V, what are some of the tools that you employ to, to turn it around and go back in the other direction?
1: So some of it, it it's unfortunately, is, is just experience. And I think that um, I've had enough cycles, hundreds or thousands at this point in my life, of feeling bad and then eventually feeling better again that I'm extremely confident <laughs> that I will feel better again, um, you know, at some point. And so when you feel awful and I can remember, I think I can remember a few moments where, you know, some of our clients were, were, were leaving from the consulting business and, and, you know, just having a tough time and this is all due to the, the economic impact and I felt pretty awful about it. But at this point I have enough practice, I think with those cycles um, where I knew as bad as I felt that it would be be okay eventually, and it actually ended up getting much better. Um, so, so I think that there's you know the phrase that's always employed is "you are not your thoughts," um, and and that's something that is incredibly abstract uh, to most people. To me, that's a very real understanding at this point. It's something that I I get viscerally, um, and I think people who have certain types of mental illness, myself included. We have a lot of thoughts that we've learned to not identify with over time because you have to, it's your treatment plan. I mean, you, you, you know, if you're, if you're depressed and you're identifying with your thoughts, you're, you're going to be in a pretty bad place. So you you develop mechanisms to, to separate yourself from those thoughts. That's a very powerful technique um, in a situation like this, where you're probably having a lot of thoughts that you don't want to be having. I'm sure everybody is, I am too. I'm just really well-practiced at saying that is a thought that is not me um that is you know that is that is a feeling that is not me um and i think that you know some of it's just reps like it's you know if you if if you work out a lot you're going to be in better shape um i have to work out emotionally a lot cuz otherwise i'd be in a really bad place and so i'm in pretty good shape emotionally um right.
0: a and friend a friend of mine has a has a saying that we do best what we do most and so sure. if, if you can practice those techniques if you can keep them
1: front of mind uh, they those muscles get stronger that's right. And, and the, you know, the monsters become a little less scary if, if you're familiar with them. You know, if, if, you, know, if you know them well, uh, it's like, all right, you're not, you're not so bad. I know, like, it, it, I know that this is bad right now. And I think that there's almost a degree of cognitive dissonance that you get very good at or that I've, I think I've gotten very good at. Where on one hand, you can hold the concept and the knowledge that, yes, this is, this is a challenging situation. And like we have a lot of stuff to deal with. Unemployment is whatever it is now in the teens and, and people are suffering and, and not just in the u.s But all around the world there are people who who can't eat and that's awful and that is Substantially or substantively I should say bad at the same time. It's going to be okay <laughs> it, it eventually one way or another it's going to be fine And and being able to, to believe those two things at once is not something that I think the human brain is all that well equipped to do unless your brain is a little bit broken, <laughs> like mine is. And so because my, mine's broken in a particular way where I can actually see that those two things are true, it's hard sometimes for me to explain it to people. Um, but I think the best, way I, the best way I could explain it is that the current emotional situation that many people around the world find themselves in is my normal emotional situation. And when you start to wrap your head around that, you can understand how I could believe those two things at once. Um, it, it, it kind of, you know, you sort of have to. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a perceived tension between the two, but it can be both. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. It is. And and I think that in order for it to be both. And there needs to be a recognition and understanding that there are, there are sort of forces at work beyond your control. And, you know, for some people that's very religious. I think for other people, it's, it's, you know, it's not, but, but, uh, 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 an, an empathy for that idea that you don't control everything in your own life. If if you're if you're depressed or if you have mental health issues, that's a very familiar feeling. You know, I don't know how I'm going to wake up feeling every morning. It, it could be bad. It could be good. Um, and I think that for a lot of people who are mentally healthy or mentally healthier, it's a bit of a spectrum, but mentally healthier. They've, they've been able to kind of delude themselves into thinking that they're going to wake up every morning and they have full control over how they feel. <laughs> and the pandemic, if nothing else, is something that is totally out of our control that controls how we feel. That That's that's something I have a ton of experience with. In fact, I've never felt like I have control over what I feel. So in order to, to in order to deal with that, I've had to learn to separate myself from those feelings. And, and that's something that I think a lot of people are now coming to grips with and starting to learn. Um, but I, I can, I can coach that, I think a little more effectively because of, of what I've been dealing with since I was very small.
0: Hmm. I'm curious, Nate, if, if, if this growing awareness of, of, your resilience in this situation. If you've talked to other people who may also suffer from depression, who may also suffer from OCD, who who perhaps uh, echo some of that same sentiment that they they are better prepared than they imagined they would be.
1: It's a good question. I can't think of. Uh, well, first of all, I think that there's probably many more people who suffer from depression and OCD than who identify as 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 such. Um, part of that is just. It's, it's a little bit of a slippery illness, you know, like if I if, if I have if I have asthma, I generally know I have asthma. If I have depression, it's a little bit, you know, you can have a little bit of depression. You can have a lot of depression like, you know, it's, it's sort of on a spectrum. So that's a short way of saying it. I probably have. Um, I can't think of a conversation explicitly with anyone who I know also suffers from from mental health issues and um, and kind of identifies with it to the same extent that I do um that that's that's gone this way i do i have talked to many many people who i i think really don't to a large extent um about this and i've had this kind of a conversation with them and and many people who i'm very close to uh, and I, I think that you know that's to some extent validated this concept that i i am a little better practiced at this um, and then of course you know i've read i've read all these articles that are i think helpful and, and i think it's useful to to understand the, the amount of care that we need to be taking for people's mental health both people who identify as suffering from mental health issues and people who don't during the pandemic but but I, again i think that those have been fairly one dimensional in terms of but no it's a good question i i don't think i've had a an i don't have a forum of 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 like depressed superheroes who are, are ready to to help the world out whenever we have a, whenever we have to stay at home you know like that's that maybe that would be a good idea i'm not sure
0: well i'm i'm curious as the world uh starts to normalize whatever that means and whenever that might happen are are there lessons then that you think you'll carry
1: with you because of this new awareness well i think the nature of my mental health is such that i worry about what's going to (laughs) happen when things do change back to something normal ish um and that's just because my my brain has taught itself to try to find something to worry about. And that's what it does. Um, and mm. so yeah, I I say this with some degree of a grain of salt because I know that it's it's just my brain at work. Um, that is to all that is to say that that I am a little concerned um, because I I stay being stuck in one place and having my work to do and and not having as many moving parts um, has been easier in some ways for for my my particular brain chemistry. Um, I am hopeful that I can pull out elements of that, that I want to retain. Um, and I think, you know, there are certain things like, I probably don't need to go to as many events as I thought I did, is, is one and that just doesn't, And that's just me, I, I, that just doesn't work for me. And so I realized that I probably was doing more of that than, than what makes me happy. And the ROI for my career probably wasn't really there. So I'll probably go to less events. I'll, I'll probably stay home more. Um, and I know that sounds insane to a lot of people, but it actually works very well for me. Um, I, I do think, though, that if nothing else, there will be a lasting lesson from this that's hopefully going to help me to empathize with people who don't have depression, which is hopefully most people. Um, as well as people who don't know they have depression um in order to you know whenever there are challenging circumstances w- whatever my relationship to those people and to those circumstances are uh, I can I can be a little bit more helpful as we navigate our way through it so certainly that's been you know I don't I, I don't think I'll be angry the next time somebody's like I'm having a really hard time <laughs> you know I think that my my reaction next time won't initially be, well, of course you're having a really hard time. Life is hard. <laughs> um, so I think, I think, I think I'll be a little bit more equipped to, to meet people where they are. Um, and I think that's, you know, it's obviously a, a helpful skill for a lot of reasons, but most importantly, it's, it's just a nice thing to do. <laughs> and, and and hopefully that's good to, to, to be able to help people through it.
0: Let me, let me shift gears a little bit and ask you this. What what is the current state of things in Boston as different states are starting to open up as some restrictions are starting to ease? What do you see happening around you there
1: right so so i, I know that I think there's four levels I think we're at level one <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know I think everyone has some some version of this so so that is to say that there has been some opening up this week really I think I think Monday or Tuesday um In the state of massachusetts some degree of opening up has started um i do i do go running um people for the most part are wearing masks i i think that that's mandated um I, i i i have one that i that i wear um when i run near enough to people it sort of hangs around my neck um so you know I think that the weather is starting to turn nice, which is a, a very rare thing in boston and and it seems like the the more that that's happened the the more people there are out um, but and and I guess occasionally I'll run by an apartment and it seems like there's you know maybe five or six people in there, but for the most part, it's pretty quiet uh i there's a a pizza shop across the street. That's kind of my local spot. And so I've tried to, I've tried to try to stay in touch with them to get a sense of, well, how, how is this going for you? They've, you know, they've certainly taken a hit, but they seem to be surviving. Um, and I think that they're going to be okay. I don't know that that's true for the vast majority of particularly restaurants and businesses. Um, but my, my main exposure is when I go running how many people are out on the street and it is far less than, you know, than it would be otherwise. Um, but it seems to be more and more the nicer the weather gets, which is not surprising. And
0: what about your shopping? are you Are you doing things online or are you going out for supplies?
1: yeah I'd, I'd been a, a a grocery delivery guy for for quite some time. Um, I just find it to save me time, and I don't really enjoy going shopping. I'm not not a big cook. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I will say I have gone to the the corner store and bought more things than I ever had before i've probably been there 10 times since the the lockdown started and i I bet i've been there once or twice before that so you know i'm i'll run out of something i don't need to go get milk and like that's you know that that's that's happening much more than it would have it's it's, i'm eating all my meals here right so like that's that's a little different
0: right right well nate what what else would you like us to understand about about the way you're seeing the pandemic
1: i you know i think i think the main if there's one takeaway it's it's that there are there are multiple narratives to the mental health aspect of of the pandemic. Um, I, I very much respect the narrative that's that's gotten a lot of press around this being very difficult for people to access treatment and to continue to to take the care that they need to deal with mental health issues. That is true. But in in the spirit of holding two things, you know, both and true at the same time, it is also true that people with mental health issues. Um, I can at least speak for, for my own depression, I think are, are in good shape to, to help lead the way in difficult times like this. And, and I think that that's an important message, um, for, for both people who, who do suffer from those issues as well as those who, you know, who know people who do, um, there's, there's a bit of a superpower in there. And I think that that's a, that's a bit of a, it's a much more hopeful message for, for mental health, but you know, if nothing else, it's, it is very bad right now. Um, if, uh, It'll all be okay in the end, and if it's not okay, it's not the end. So I think that's that's a, a good message for us to all remember. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, I want to uh, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk today. I'm glad um, I'm glad that you discovered your superpower. Uh, <laughs> glad that you're 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 finding a path through. And I, I appreciate you sharing some of your thoughts with us. Thanks. My,
1: my pleasure. Thank you for doing this. I think it's a great initiative. I appreciate it. All right. All right. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for How Life Changed. I'm your host, John Nollner, and I look forward to seeing you next time. How Life Changed is a series produced by A Piece of My Mind, a multimedia arts project that uses storytelling to rediscover what connects us. You can find A Piece of My Mind on Instagram at stories, on Twitter at A Piece of My Mind 1, that's the numeral 1, Facebook and YouTube at a piece of my mind. Peace is always spelled out P E A C E. And you can find all of those links on our website apomm.net. That's the acronym for a piece of my mind.net. Listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and tell a friend to listen too. Together, we'll see the world in new ways. One story at a time.